So our listeners are aware, all the personal information in today's episode has been anonymized to protect and safeguard the young person we're discussing. Hello, I'm Carolina, I'm your host, and this is Focus AF, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health, advocacy, and the health and social care sector. Today, we're joined by Charlotte Murphy, children and young people advocate at Advocacy Focus. Welcome to Focus AF, Charlotte. Hello. Let's crack on finding out a little bit about you. So how did you become an advocate? So I had worked in uh, with children and young people for quite a long time. I'd worked for other charities. I went travelling for a year, came back, became a carer. For I was a carer for about nine months. Thought I'd try and step away from health and social care. Went and got a uh, normal job. <laughs> Hated every second of it, but then got furloughed during the pandemic, which gave me the time to sort of look around as to what was out there, what I really wanted to do. Uh, saw the job come up with Advocacy Focus, so decided to go for it. And uh, almost three years later, here we are. I cannot <laughs> believe it's been three years since you joined us. I feel like it was yesterday, but what a journey. But I'm so glad you got here in the end. Um, so you obviously work a variety of cases at Advocacy Focus, all focusing on supporting children and young people. But today we're talking about a child protection case. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about the child protection process, what it means, what it entails? Yeah, so if um, anyone has a concern about a child or young person and their safety, so they would then sort of make a call into the local authority, children's services. They'd then have a meeting that would look at what those concerns, worries are, and whether that needs to be opened at child protection. So there's an initial case conference, which is where all the professionals involved with that child or young person come together. They discuss everything. If a decision's then made to step up to or open at child protection, uh, there'd be what's called a core group. That happens sort of within a couple of weeks of the initial child protection conference. And throughout the core groups and conferences, there's a child protection plan, which is then sort of discussed, monitored, and involved in, included in that is everything to sort of make that child or young person safe, happy, and to ensure that they can sort of live their life to the fullest. And it, it is a complex process. It can be quite drawn out. It can take quite a long time to support people through it. But really, I think what you said at the end, there is the key, which is it's about supporting the child to be safe and to be happy. Yeah, so sort of it's it's reviewed regularly. The, the, the professionals around the young person look at where things are up to. Nobody wants to keep children on a child protection plan for longer than necessary. So there's there's regular reviews and if it's if it's safe to step that young person down to step away then professionals will do that but yeah ultimately they'll stay involved as long as they need to 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 make sure that the risks have gone excellent and today we're going to be talking about james so what was james's situation before we started supporting him yeah so james is a 13 year old um he'd been open to children's social care at different levels for for quite some time there were lots of kind of what are considered low level concerns so there was poor school attendance sort of reports of arguments between parents that that James and his siblings were witnessing um concerns about his presentation the way he dressed his personal hygiene things like that but James spoke to a teacher at school 
and told this teacher that there'd actually been a physical assault from mum towards James. Um, the teacher at school started down their sort of safeguarding process, which was to make contact with children's social services, uh, share the information with them. A meeting was held. It was decided that it did need to go to initial child protection conference. So all the information was gathered together. All the professionals came together. Um, within that meeting, it, it was decided that the, the it's called the threshold was met for for child protection, which meant that everyone was worried enough that that some intervention needed to to take place. Um, within that meeting, the conference chair thought that it would really benefit James to have access to independent advocacy support, so that his voice and his wishes and his feelings could be heard clearly throughout the whole of the child protection process and a referral was made to Advocacy Focus. James's younger siblings were also made subjects to the child protection plan, but because they were really, they are still really, really little, um, it felt that advocacy wasn't the right route for them at this time, but their views and wishes would still be gathered by teachers in school having sort of regular chats, regular check-ins with them. James and his brothers and brother and sisters were moved sort of away from the family home in with extended family members and at that time James was having regular contact with another family member as well which was really important to him. James did a lot of kind of care and support for his younger siblings and that did carry on even when he moved in with the extended family members. So when you became involved how did you support him? How did that support start? What was that first conversation like? Yeah, so I, I met with James. Um, I introduced myself and the advocacy service because he'd not really heard much about us or what we did. Um, I explained what the child protection process was, what it would look like, uh, including the different kinds of meetings and how James was able to be involved in these. So James spoke to me about his relationship with his previous social worker because he'd been open to social care for quite a long time and the previous social worker had been involved with the family for quite some time. So James actually had a really good relationship with his previous social worker and felt that he was on it. He said, he's on our side. Um, and that's not often the case for a lot of young people. There's there's often lots of changes within professionals and young people kind of don't have the time to build those relationships Unfortunately, because the case was stepped up to child protection, the social worker had to change because the level of risk increased, which meant that more experienced or different social work team needed to become involved. So one of James's worries that he did share sort of right from the start was that he didn't know this new social worker and he wasn't really sure about how the relationship would develop with them. So sort of the first thing that I did with James's consent was that I spoke to the new social worker and told them sort of that James really wanted to be involved with the whole process that he was really wanted to have his voice heard and the social worker agreed that this was important shared this back with James James then said that's great but I'll wait and see what happens which is quite a normal response from a young person when a new professional comes into their life. So do you find that this is a common occurrence with children and young people being quite sort of having a bit of worry about the professionals involved or maybe not having that full trust? Yeah, I think it's normal really, isn't it? Sort of when you're 
open at child protection level or or any level, if there's any sort of social care involvement for a child or young person, there's quite a lot going on for you in your life at that time. And for a new adult that you don't really know to come in and start asking lots and lots of questions about it, like, who are you? Why are you asking me to tell you everything about my life? I don't know you. So it, it's always a bit of a daunting experience for them. And sort of, it's it's difficult. It's difficult and it takes time to break down those barriers. So it is when, when you've got an established relationship with one worker and it changes, it does always create that little bit of, of worry. The wall comes up for a little bit with quite a lot of young people and it just takes that time to break it back down again. When you do have sometimes that revolving door of relationships and professionals, I can imagine that being really challenging. But obviously you remained James's advocate for the whole process. So after that initial meet-up and sharing those concerns over the social worker, where did you go from there? Um, we were approaching James's review conference. So that happens within three months after the initial conference, the first review. So I supported James to prepare for that, that meeting so that he was able to take part in it, which was what he'd said that he wanted to do. Um, he did. He, he went to his meeting. He shared his views. He spoke for himself, which was absolutely brilliant. I was there just to support him, to sort of help prompt, took some notes for him so that he... He didn't sort of forget what had happened in the meeting and he could sort of draw back on it, make sure people were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Um, But within that meeting, there was quite a long period of time where James was asked to leave the meeting room, wait outside whilst the professionals and parents, family members that were there discussed some of the issues, which James wasn't too happy about. And he did ask me to raise that with the chair on the day. I did. And the chair agreed to meet with James at his school the following week. So I supported James in that meeting. And um, James was able to to talk to the chair to find out what had been discussed in the meeting, what the plans were moving forwards, and just basically everything that had gone on. And he did feel a lot better after that conversation because he felt like he'd been involved and it wasn't just people talking about him. Sort of what he said was, it, it's my life, so... I should be involved in every single step of this. And what was the outcome of that meeting? What were some of those protection measures or decisions that were made? So within that meeting, um, James was already living with uh, his extended family members. It was agreed that he would stay there. There were courses and programmes that parents were asked to enrol in to sort of help them become aware of what the impact of their behaviour and the things that were going on for them and how it was impacting on James and his siblings. School were going to offer a lot of support for James there as well because school was a really safe constant for him. So the other family member that James wasn't living with, um, the contact with them was actually stopped by the first child protection social worker that James had um, due to what the social worker called historic concerns regarding this family member um this was really important to james so james felt that the house that he was living with there were lots of people living in that house it was classed as overcrowded um and that the family members that he was living with were were quite old and that they needed a break from him and he needed a break from them as well at times so he was really unhappy about the fact that this contact had been stopped 
I supported James to sort of have conversations with each social worker that's come in. There's been a number for various different reasons. Social workers have left the teams or they've stopped working for the authority. Um, So there have been a number of social workers. So I supported James to speak with each social worker as they came in to explain the importance of this contact and ask what could be done next. So one of the more recent social workers um, told James that the, the concerns were there, the, the information was there about the concerns. However, these were from a number of years ago. So what we did was we asked if the social worker if the assessments could be redone and the police checks could be redone and that the more relevant recent information was the information that was kind of the decision was based on rather than everything from years and years and years ago. It didn't happen straight away. It did take some time, but James and I kept asking, kept pushing, and eventually these these were undertaken. That contact has now been restarted, which is great. James is really happy about it. So initially it was through supervised contact. So someone would be there when when this family member was having contact with James and his siblings because they're all really, really close to them. Um, and then eventually James was able to go and spend time at this family member's house and is now able to stay overnight as well. James said that this now makes him just feel so much happier and he knows he's got the option to go when things are getting a lot at the house. He also said that this family member and their children, who James is also really close to, sometimes they get the things that James is going through more than perhaps the family members that he's living with. And he said it's really nice that that he's got that wider network of support so he's got more people that he can turn to when he needs something now and he said this has helped with his relationships with all the family now because actually there's not all the pressure on one or two people to be the answers to everything he can reach out to to a lot more people so it sounds like you have a really positive working relationship with James where he can very openly tell you what he's feeling about that particular process what he wants to be said What do you think made your support so effective or what do you think James really valued about having an advocate? I think for James, from the start, it was feeling that he had someone that was there just for him. So he was being listened to. He he explained to me in one of our first meetings that it must have been six or seven when someone first took him out of a lesson to ask him about what was going on at home and he'd been trying to tell people for for years and years and years that things weren't right and finally he'd been listened to and then off the back of that there was someone that was there just for him that was like his person that he could turn to that if ever he felt like he wasn't being listened to or he he wasn't being taken seriously there was an an adult a professional that would fight his corner for him and that was that was really really important to James he said that some of the social workers that he's had were maybe on mum's side were his words and were trying to kind of push a relationship with a parent that he didn't want and he explained it as kind of this has been going on for so long actually that's that's gone I'm more than happy to kind of keep talking to her keep keep it open as an option but I don't want to go back and live with her at this moment in time because too much has happened for me to feel safe in that environment 
and the fact that I I never pushed that on him. I never tried to persuade him that that was a good idea because that's that's not what I'm there for. I just let him tell me what it was that he wanted and then shared that and and made sure that his view was there. It was recorded. It was it was at the forefront of everyone's mind every time everybody met that kind of really made him feel like he was valued and his his voice mattered. It sounds like a lot of the work that you were doing was around that self-advocacy and empowering James to actually build that confidence and those skills to speak up for himself. Do you think that James will be better able now to self-advocate maybe when he's older? Do you think he's going to carry those skills with him? Absolutely. So James has always been very confident but sometimes he would get really quite frustrated and he couldn't necessarily get the words out in the way that he needed to so we kind of we went through just little tips little hints that he could he could use in meetings and I've seen him put them into practice so I've been at lots of meetings with him he attends every single meeting that he possibly can he's he's attended face-to-face meetings he's attended meetings over teams he's he's really really good and he's he's built that skill set now which is it's just lovely to see and that no one can take away from him I suppose absolutely so we obviously talked a little bit about the revolving door of professionals you've very much remained that consistency did James ever tell you anything about that about being able to just have you there for the whole process yeah I think so Obviously, there's been lots of changes to social workers, but James's view remained the same all the way through. And he said, like, it's it's so good that I don't have to go over everything every single time there's a new professional. Like, you can tell them for me. I don't have to sit and tell my story again and again. You've got everything. You've got all everything recorded, all the notes, everything. You just you hand it over and they've got my words in front of them and I always said to James from the start, I'll write things down word for word. That's the way that I do it. So it's never going to be kind of my interpretation of what he says. It's going to be exactly what he says. And it just helps kind of, I think, I can have a quick conversation with a professional, share everything that way, rather than him having to meet someone new and open up and go back to the beginning. Especially when I think we're on social worker number five now. In 12 months, that's that's quite a lot of new people to, to come into your life, to meet, to have to explain everything all over again. Yeah, to like relive all that trauma over and over again. I can imagine being quite, well, traumatic. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you've done an absolutely amazing job with James and supporting him. What's next? Where are we up to at the moment? So James is doing really well. Um, we've got another review conference coming up soon. So at that point, we'll possibly step down to child in need, which means that there'll still be some social care support, but it'll be less intensive. And then hopefully social care will be able to step away completely. As I said at the start, nobody wants to keep a child on a child protection plan for for longer than they need to be on one. It's quite a lot in a young person's life. It does make them feel different. So the the hope is that social care will be able to step away and then that there will be a safe and robust plan for James and his siblings moving forwards. 
thank you so much for taking us through this case today. I found it so interesting to go through it all. And I think your passion for supporting young people just really has shone through. So thank you so much. Um, Before we finish today's episode, do we have any words of wisdom or any advice that you'd like to give to young person listening? All I could say is if you are worried about anything or you think something's not right, then speak to a trusted adult because they will have processes that they can follow that will keep you safe so they can start that ball rolling put things in motion and uh, it'll be okay thank you so much for your time today charlotte we really appreciate it no thank you for having me if you want to find out more about our charity or contribute to the work that we do please visit our website at advocacyfocus.org.uk 